Welcome into the February 10th edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morsuti. It's game day, Leafs Nation. Toronto back after a nine-day hiatus. We'll tee up this weekend's back-to-back against Columbus. And Kyle Dubas spoke ahead of practice today. He gave us a bit more clarity on what his approach is going to be at the NHL trade deadline. We'll talk about that. And I also got some uh, some injury updates as well to, to Matt Murray to Matthews and a little bit on Jake Muzzin. So we'll get into all that more coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, uh, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morsuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also check us out on YouTube as well. we got new content coming out each and every day, Monday through Friday. So if it's your first time checking us out, hopefully you enjoy it and you sub and you come back every Monday through Friday. Uh, it's all Leafs all the time here on the Locked On Leafs podcast. Uh, and today's podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, uh, the official sports book of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Uh, we finally got a game, Dave. Like we've gone nine days without having to break down or tee up any Maple Leafs hockey. We've made it through the the All-Star break and then through the bye week. And finally tonight, they take on the Columbus Blue Jackets. You excited to finally get to watch the boys in blue back on ice? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a welcome to, you know, not have to figure out what the heck I'm gonna watch sometimes at night. Now there's been some decent hockey games, although Colorado very disappointed in you in your performance against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now you say this, it sounds like somebody may have made a wager on the game on FanDuel. Is this? No, I was close to doing it. Then I saw that Kel McCarr was going to be out, and I'm like, yeah, just going to not do that. Yeah, that's tough. Kel McCarr out for uh, a couple weeks or till the end of the road trip, at least for uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. That's tough after taking that hit to the head from Jeff Carter the other day. Um, speaking of injuries, Kyle Dubas, uh, we'll get into the game in a, in a moment here. Uh, but I want to talk about some of the stuff that Dubas talked about today and then some of the the uh, more newsier items around uh, around Leafs camp. I mean, we expected to see some stuff kind of come out. It was the first day back um, since last Wednesday, I guess. So there was going to be a lot of new information that we were going to acquire. Um, so we could break it all down. Uh, Kyle Dubas did speak today ahead of the first practice. Um, what did you find most notable from what he had to say today? Um. Man, it, like it, it felt like a lot of the same stuff we've kind of been hearing from him the whole time. I I would say that you know him reiterating you know his his thoughts on the defense, right? And kind of it was a thought in their head to maybe look at potentially upgrading the blue line, but then seeing how they played with certain guys out of the lineup, it's kind of making them I think think otherwise. But there, but he's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna 
he will look to make an upgrade if one is there and it makes sense. And we now know what everybody has been saying, which is first round pick and Matthew Nye's her rental ain't going to happen. No. So uh, I guess unless Columbus comes really down on their price for Gavrikov, you could probably strike the Leafs off the list if, if that's true and they're unwilling to give up those top end assets for a, uh, a pending UFA. Also means probably Ryan O'Reilly could be a guy that you strike off the list as well if they're not willing to give up those assets. Um, you know, T- is Timu Meyer a player? Because he also basically talked about how everyone talks about these big names, but they're more worried about making their team better, more balanced. And, you know, that's kind of the thought process that I've been having the last little bit, right? More around the peripheral, um, get a couple of pieces to help build up the depth and and both on the back end and in the bottom six, potentially you could find a second liner. I think that'd be great, but I don't think it's a hundred percent necessary. I kind of got the vibe that maybe that's where he is going to be going in the next couple weeks here when he's having his conversations about what they're, this team is going to do leading into the deadline. I don't know if you picked up on that or uh, you know what else he kind of thought about what he had to say about the deadline. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the questions also was like, you know, how does your, your future kind of play into this, right? The fact that you still need a contract. Um, But I I think the fact that he didn't rule out the possibility of, um, you know, saying we are looking to bring in people that will help us improve overall and not just the big names per se. I thought that was a very interesting way to say, we might be looking at someone that nobody else is talking about. Because, I mean, when did people talk about Mark Giordano to the Leafs? It wasn't really like a big... Nobody thought Mark Giordano would be the, like, the number one target for the Leafs last year. Yeah, there was like a little bit of chatter about it, but it wasn't like extreme chatter to the exactly. point that we're seeing with some guys this season. Um, but yeah, like Ilya Labushkin was a guy who came out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. Making that signing. Colin Blackwell came out of nowhere, making sure that they picked him up. Um, you know, like they've they've done this where they've picked up peripheral pieces in the past. Uh, so I'm curious to see where where they're gonna go. But it does sound like it. You're right. Like I mean, I'm just being like, yeah, I'm, first of all, doesn't plan on on trading out big assets for. Um, for rentals and then said we're not really focusing on adding star players just just guys who are going to make the team overall better and so that probably you know patrick kane gone o'reilly gone gavrikov gone like those guys probably out of the mix when it comes to uh stuff that the maple Leafs are going to do so we'll see what that means uh who they will go after it's not to say that they're unwilling to deal away first round picks or matthew nye's if they're going to do it, though, they would have to make sure that the guy has term and will be with this club and factor into its future. So it's not that they're completely off the table, is what I gathered, but it's going to it's gonna have to be for somebody with term. So we're talking, you know, the the Jacob Chikrins or, uh, like, I remember mentioning Pavel Bushnevich a few weeks ago. Now that Tarasenko's been traded, maybe his name starts to creep up. Are they willing to move on from him? Like I think Toronto would be willing to give up some futures to, to bring in a Bushnevich. Um, Connor Murphy's a name that I've brought up. Jake McCabe is somebody who's been, you know, talked about a lot. He's got a couple years on his deal. So I, I would be shocked if this team did 
you know, really attack the rental market. I think we'll see them go after guys with a little bit of term or, you know, more depth pieces like uh, like a Benino or someone like that who's a UFA, but not going to cost you a whole lot. Maybe a, a second, a third round draft pick or B level prospect. Yeah. And, you know, we heard Dubas talk about today about the bottom six, right? And, you know, how they kind of stacked up and that he's, I think he's really hoping that one of these younger guys, you know, catches along, right? You know, whether, I mean, Pontus Holberg's back up. We know he can play in the bottom six, but can a guy like Alex Steves, Joey Anderson kind of give you something there that maybe you don't have to go out and look for out, you know, at the trade deadline. I think that's why when you saw those two were being, uh, when you saw that, especially Alex Steves, that was a bit of a, a surprise call up over Bobby McMahon. Over Bobby yeah. McMahon, exactly. Like it, it just shows, I think, you know, you have to audition these guys because if they can't bring it, you got to go get it, right? When you look at what this bottom six needs to do, they got to start winning those puck battles. They got to start making life tougher on those upper echelon opponents so i think dubas is hoping like i know he wants probably wants those answers sooner rather than later because they don't want to be going into the trade deadline having to fill those needs they like to do it as you know we've noted he likes to do it well before and yeah he just doesn't uh he doesn't seem to be it's weird because he didn't especially say what he's looking for and i mean i guess that's a good thing because you know, then teams are going to try to, you know, make him really pony up for it. Right. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, it's hard for me to really decipher exactly where he wants to go. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's left ambiguous for a reason. Like he doesn't want to your point to tell everybody, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. And I'm willing to give this up. You know, this is part of the game. It's part of being a general manager. That's how you keep your leverage. Uh, around this time of year, especially. Um, he also had some injury updates. Why don't we take a quick break? We can detail those updates on Matt Murray, Austin Matthews, uh, also on uh, Jake Muzzin. There was a couple call-ups you mentioned that uh, we'll get an opportunity, and there was a signing today as well. The Maple Leafs re-upping one of their young players two more years. I'll tell you who that is on the other side. But before I do, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that's our good friends at FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because of the number one sports book in North America. It's FanDuel, and if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. They got so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads to who's going to score a touchdown. If you don't want to bet football, they got plenty of hockey for you to bet on as well, including tonight's game between the Maple Leafs and the Blue Jackets. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. Um so join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. It's Mike DeStefano and Dave 
Morissuti, we got a game tonight, Maple Leafs and Columbus, night one of the back-to-back in Columbus. Tomorrow, they will be in Toronto. A uh, couple of guys who won't be taking part in this weekend's game, Austin Matthews. We already knew that. The three-week timeline, certainly he wasn't going to be ready to go coming right out of the All-Star break. But I think there was a, a good positive sign today to see Austin Matthews out on the ice in a uh, in a red non-contact jersey. So that's, you know, he still was in a, a red jersey. But the fact that he was actually on the ice eight days ahead of that three-week timeline, I think is a good sign. Oh, it's definitely a good sign. And, like, I watched the video of him at practice. You know, he's not doing any light skating. He's he's pushing it, right? He's doing drills. He's he's testing out that knee. So I, I think, and a lot of the media members are commenting and saying, uh, you know, this doesn't look like he's that far off, just based on what we've what what's we've been seeing. So whatever he was doing during the All Star break looked like a, it did him some good. Yeah, and uh, you know, got some rest, got some work on it, rehab perhaps. Either way, it sounds as though that three week timeline, the minimum three week timeline, looks like uh, they may actually be sticking to it because he looks pretty good so far. Um, you talked about seeing video of guys at practice. Did you see the video of? Matt Murray at practice today, Dave. That one was considering the guy was placed on IR. I thought it was quite curious that he was at practice as well. Well, that's the thing, Dave. That is the question we have here. So, um, one of the bigger, I guess, news items of the day, I would say, we were kind of burying the lead on this one to, you know, only start talking about it almost 15 minutes into the show. Um, Matt Murray was placed on injured reserve today. Uh, he got that uh, ankle checked out, I guess, when he returned to the practice facility today and decided still going to take a couple of weeks. Kyle Dubas said still probably a couple of weeks until we see Matt Murray. Um, Joseph Wall was recalled um, coming off of the his stellar AHL All-Star game. Um, so he's going to get one of these games against Columbus. But, you know, Matt Murray, for him to be back on IR but also be practicing – and looked as though he was practicing pretty good. That ankle looked kind of fine if you watched the videos. Mm. Um, very curious. Very curious situation. And, like, I don't want to blame Kyle. Or I don't want to not blame. I don't want to accuse Kyle Dubas of, you know, circumvention or anything like that. But I'm pretty sure I literally heard him today say the reason why we have Matt Murray on IR is for a roster thing so we could call up some guy like I, I hold on i actually have the video because i thought that it was like legitimately he he tattled on himself uh well i think matt uh, matt uh, got back out skating today he'll, he'll go on ir just because we just need the roster space and he's past the seven day window but um i think the thing <laughs> we just need the roster space so like we're just going to toss him on ir well, he's not really that hurt. technically they can do it because he's been out for that long. So yeah. he's they're not breaking any rules. But yeah, I mean, it's it's quite clear and obvious why they put Matt Murray on IR. What it also suggests to me, though, is that this doesn't seem like the LTIR type of injury that, you know, we were kind of yet up. Not yeah. yet. I mean, look, there's always a chance. And we know with Matt Murray, there's a pretty good chance that he could have a setback and if that's the case dave do you think the leafs are set in goal like well, we're talking about the all-star we're, we're talking about the trade deadline and 
you know, a lot of focus was on the forward group and the defensive group. And and even Dubas said today, like, that's where he's going to be focusing. But I mean, with this, with this Matt Murray character, like, can you really trust him that when he's back in two weeks, couple of weeks, that he's not just going to bow out again? Like what happens in the playoffs when he's supposed to start a game and all of a sudden something flares up? Like, well, there, do, there, do they need to place. have? Like, do they need to have another guy in place that they feel comfortable with? Another veteran of some sort? Because I mean, Joseph Wall, as good as the season he's having in the American League, I mean, do you feel comfortable with the Samsonov and Wall tandem down the stretch? Well, we don't know until we see how Joseph Wall plays. Like this, this is the perfect opportunity right now. Two weeks, two weeks is definitely not enough. But it's something like we don't want to be throwing Joseph Wall in without having any semblance of an idea of what he can do in an NHL game. But I think I think at this point right now, Matt uh, Elias Samsonov is the guy. Yes. Right. So I don't think there's going to be a, a situation where you're debating who will be starting on either on, on those games. Now, I understand something can happen to Samsonov because we've seen it happen already i i just think right now the leafs did this back in the bubble when they got david riddick and they gave up a third round pick to get him i would that to me that felt like a waste of a third round pick i don't think the leafs unless there have been a, a waste though if anderson went got injured like anderson so they made that pick because that was Freddie's final year, and he didn't even come back to the team until like the last day of the season. Right. So they didn't even know if he was going to be back, what his situation was. But if he didn't play, right, and he was out for the year, he would have been the backup. And then what? you're one injury away from David Riddick having to be the starter. And if you didn't make that trade, it was probably like, what, Michael Hutchinson or someone even lower than that. I believe, so. yeah, I, I think that's who it would have been. The, the thing is, yeah, I, I just want to see what can Joseph Wall do before I even, like, if Joseph Wall totally bombs out, then you can have, I think you can have that conversation. I think you can. The thing is, who are they going to get? Because you're not only going to, you're going to get someone that you can have some faith that can step into a playoff series in an emergency. There aren't many of those guys out there that teams have just given up. Yeah. I mean, the two names that come to mind, we've talked about Karelva and Melka before, but that's more of a, 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 a like a 1A starter, quality goaltender. That's a bit more of a bigger cast there. Yeah. And then we've also, I think, discussed James Reimer and Cam Talbot are probably the only other like goaltenders who are on the market who could be – who could be had and are available. You bring one of those guys in, maybe, you know, Reimer's been here before. I don't think there's a lot of people that wouldn't mind bringing him back. I don't know, Dangle would probably appreciate bringing him back yeah. his boy, James Reimer. I don't know. Like I, at the end of the day, I think this is somewhat like a, to your point, this is definitely like a, a, a blessing in disguise where it does give the least a chance to see what Joseph Wall has at the NHL level. Played four games last year, and he was three and one with a shutout, nine eleven save percentage, pretty good stuff. But it was only a four game sample size. He's probably only going to get like a game or two here. He's not going to get a whole lot in these two weeks that uh, Matt Murray's gone. 
So I don't even know if he's going to get a bigger sample size, but at least they'll get a look at Joseph Wall. My issue is like, I don't know what you can really glean if you're not giving him games, because from everything that I've read and heard um, and through people that I've talked to who know Joseph Wall and know what he's all about, he's a very sound technical goaltender. So he could look flashy and really good in practice, but sometimes, you know, that's all good and dandy. But then when it comes to a game and the pressure gets, you know, a little higher, Mm -hmm. sometimes some, you know, some goaltenders game starts to fall off and they get a little less technical. So like, I I still think the guy's going to need to get some games. So with Murray out, it at least gives him that opportunity and the Leafs opportunity to get a look at him. But, um, I still don't know how comfortable I would be because, you know, there's 30 games left. I don't want Samsonov starting 26, 25 of those 30 games. Like, I, I would like it to be more closer to a split. Maybe it's a, a 20-10 split, perhaps. But if that's the case, like, can just can Joseph Wall win that many games? you feel confident with him starting that many games? I don't know. For me, it's just like I just have – little faith that Matt Murray can stay healthy. And in my mind, the tandem is pretty much now Samsonov and Joe wall. And that's where I'm trying to grapple with. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not, it's not a settling feeling. Uh, I'll just say that it doesn't make you feel confident. I get it. I, I just, there's some time here. Like I know the, the trade deadlines just under a month away. Dude, it's three weeks, three weeks today, three weeks today. So you got three weeks to, to, make the decision um i i just the idea of giving up an asset for a goaltender right now when there's so many other like yes if goaltending bees is the reason why the playoff you know the leafs get out of the playoffs like it's going to be one of those situations where you kind of had to go go with the cards that were played in front of you right you can't you can try your best to predict the future as you can but Right now, you have to kind of deal with the current present situation and what you know exactly you need. Well, we'll see what uh, we'll see what the Leafs end up doing. We'll see if if Matt Murray can get healthy. I mean, best case scenario, he is healthy because when he is playing, he's been better more nights than he's been poor. Mm-hmm. But availability is the best ability, and he just hasn't been that lately. And there's not much trust that uh, the durability is going to hold up this season. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Honestly, I hope I do. I hope I am. I hope he comes back after this two-week layoff that he's got here in addition to the two-week layoff that he had prior to the All-Star game since uh, getting pulled in that game against Florida. Um, Hopefully I'm wrong and he comes back and he's a terrific goaltender, much like he was for about a month stretch there when he came back from that original adductor injury. So. Perhaps he can come back and get it back on the rails. But as we witnessed a couple of weeks ago, eventually something flares up. Hopefully it doesn't happen at uh, come playoff time. That's all I'm saying. And if it does, wouldn't mind having a little bit of extra insurance behind it. But again, we'll see. uh, We'll see what happens there. Uh, All right. We'll take one more quick break when we get back. A couple of uh, players called up. They will get the starts. Uh, actually, I'm curious. Okay, we'll have this conversation on the other side. Who you think, because if Joseph Wall is going to start one of these two games, which one do you think he should start? 
We'll have that conversation on the other side to talk about Alex Steves, who's also called up. He'll get his first game of the season. And then the Maple Leafs made a signing, bringing back another player, a young player for two more seasons. We'll tell you who that is also next. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morrissey. You're listening to Locked On Leafs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs Podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morrissey. Uh, Maple Leafs back in action tonight after a nine-day layoff. Last time we saw this team, they were taking an L to uh, by the Boston Bruins, but uh, a much different opponent tonight. Literally going from the top team in the league to the bottom team in the league uh, coming out of the All-Star break. And it's not one, but two games this weekend with a Friday-Saturday home-and-home back-to-back in Columbus tonight and then back in Toronto tomorrow. And I'm curious, Dave, because I was having uh, this conversation uh, with with a friend of mine earlier today. I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. So Joseph Wall is going to get one of these starts this weekend. We know that. But which one do you think would put him in the best scenario? The first game on the road with a less tired team or on night two of a back-to-back but on home ice where maybe might be a little bit more comfortable where you could, you know, dictate the matchups. Where do you think would be kind of a better situation for uh, for our guy here, Joe Wall? I'm thinking the home game. I'm thinking you just get him in as comfortable, well, a comfortable environment. But maybe the Leafs decide, you know what? If we really want to test out Joe Wall, let's let's throw him out in that first game after the break, where guys might be a little bit rusty. Yeah, they'll be refreshed, but they're probably going to be rusty. Yeah. So I I still think they're probably going to give him the second night just because some some teams just stick to what what most teams do, which is the backup always gets the second half of the back-to-back. It's tough to really figure this out for, in the Leafs case because they've been going with a 1A, 1B situation. So we can't say that they've been going with the starter one night and the backup the second night. It's kind of, That's where... Now you're going to truly get, I think you're going to see now a more traditional setup of Samsonov will get that first one. And then um, Joseph Wall will get the second one. And then, you know, you don't play again until Wednesday, Wednesday. So in uh, Chicago, (laughs) right. Real barn burners here. So, yeah, I, I think maybe you try that out because, it's a back-to-back, right? It's not like you're going to be burning any of them out early and you know, at least you have some days of rest here and some easier opponents coming up. On paper, easier opponents, I will say, because it's never easy when it's the Leafs. So, yeah. yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. It was a trick question, Dave. Okay. You're going Samson off night one, aren't you? No. Honestly, oh. don't think it matters. It's the Columbus freaking Blue Jackets, man. <laughs> we're, we're, we're strategizing to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like you should, both of these goaltenders. I've heard too many times. Okay, I've I just that. both of these goaltenders should be able to go in with the team in front of them and get the victory, night one and night two. They're both playing on like they both are doing the back to back. Right, it's not like you're going into a fresh team that's waiting for you or anything like that. They both got to go from Columbus, fly into Toronto, go through customs, and then play that second second night. So they're both going to be in the exact same situation. 
So I don't think it really matters what game uh, Joe Wall gets. I can make the argument for either or, mm-hmm. um, but ultimately I don't think you got to big brain it because and I know I asked you this and I was kind of being a little cheeky, but like, I don't think it needs to be big brained because of who the, who the opponent is like. That's fair. I yeah, I T I, I know just know the coaching staff has long, long, long and hard about this. You know, they have. Yeah. Uh, so obviously no Austin Matthews, no Matt Murray. Um, so Joe wall will get one of these starts in the next, uh, in the next two games here, either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, Pontus Holmberg was called up. Well, he's yeah, he's kind of been shuffling up and down, I suppose, but he was called back up today. He's on the fourth line and Alex Steves gets called up to the NHL. Um, you know, Steves is a guy who hadn't really been given an opportunity this season, but he's somebody who's having a great year. Last year, low cup of coffee. They get three games, I want to say, with the with the Leafs and then went down. We haven't seen him again until now. But in 44 games, he's got 38 points in uh, in the Marlies. So he's doing pretty good down there. And, and Coach Greg Moore, the Marlies head coach, said his last five games or so has been his best five um, on the season. So he's coming in riding high and earned himself this promotion. A little look-see to see if he can uh, maybe hang in a top four role. And, I mean, if they can fill some of these positions, like to, to your point earlier that you were talking about, they can fill some of these positions internally, not have to give up assets for a fourth line player. I mean, I, now's the time to figure it out. You got three more weeks to see if Anderson or Steve's or uh, McMahon, see if those guys can take on some of these responsibilities um, and fill those roles internally, as opposed to having to go out and get guys uh, and give up assets, picks or prospects for it. Yeah. I mean, and, and the Columbus Blue Jackets are the easy team to kind of throw these guys to, right? Because, exactly. you know, yeah, Columbus is not very good, but they're not going to make it any easy on the Leafs because we know how bad teams play the Leafs. They play them like it's the Stanley Cup. So this is a good opportunity for these guys, right? I, I just think, you know, you look at you, you've seen what you, you, what you need to see with a lot of guys on the roster. We haven't, we just have no idea what to make of these types of players that look an injury happen an injury to happen these are the first guys that will that get the call up so yeah this is the time to to give them that shot yep absolutely uh the blue line will look uh, pretty status quo morgan riley with tj brody mark giordano justin hall and then uh sandine and timmy lilligren paired up as the the swedish duo um, you'll note that a name was not mentioned there, but there is news about this this other player, and that is Connor Timmins. Not uh, expected to play tonight in the game. Maybe he gets into one of these back-to-backs. Perhaps. Uh, it's still kind of curious to see how they're going to do a little rotation if they do do one, how this kind of works out. But anyways, uh, but Lilligren or Timmins seems to be part of the team's future. Uh, why do I say that? Well, today the Maple Leafs extended Connor Timmins two more years at $1.1 million per season. You're not a team that's as cap strapped as the Maple Leafs. You're not extending a seventh defenseman at $1.1 million if he didn't fit into your future plans. Oh, a thousand percent. Um, we we kind of heard that they were discussing it. I think it was CJ that. Yes. Up that they were making you know look working towards an extension 
and it makes sense, right? You know, this is someone that even though kind of plateaued a little bit, he showed that he can play in NHL games. What his role is going forward, it's tough to say, but you now have a little bit more assurance of knowing that you have Morgan Riley, TJ Bro, like you have a bunch of guys signed for next year. Like the Leafs are in a decent spot when you think about the offseason needs of what they have to do. Like the blue line is pretty much done. Yeah, it, it is. The the one guy, and kind of this is where my my mind went to right away. The one guy who is not signed under contract, who I would consider to be one of the top seven defensemen, I suppose, that the Maple Leafs are working with here is Justin Hall, who is a pending UFA. Does this maybe signal to me? Actually, this signals one of two things. Okay. Either Timmins is going to be that guy to replace Justin Hall. You, you push Lilligren up and, and Timmins becomes the third uh, pair defenseman, but essentially he takes Hall's spot in the lineup as that third right-hand shot. Um, well, Brody, I guess, but you know what I mean? So it could mean that the Leafs plan on moving on from Justin Hall at the end of the season, but it could also maybe mean that the Maple Leafs could be trading one of Sandine and Lilligren perhaps as a part of a package to get a, a better forward for maybe like that was something else that kind of poked through my mind a little bit. Like if you're going to, if, if you're trying to trade, let's use, uh, let's use Pavel Bushnevich as a, a, a random example, since I've mentioned him before but if you're looking to get a pavel bushnevich um i mean you're gonna have to give up one of these talented young defensemen and what if you're giving up uh you know timothy lilligren well now you have somebody who can step into his place in connor timmons and who can play that role then you know that he can play that role effectively as a third pair guy and now you've added a bona fide top six player and you still feel pretty good about your third pair with Sandine and Timmons alongside each other, both short-term and long-term as they're both also signed into next season. So those are yeah. kind of two things I thought about when I saw this deal and what it means for the Maple Leafs blue line going forward. Yeah. I mean, it just gives you that flexibility and knowing that, okay, we know we have Giordano signed. We know we have, we have Timmons signed. Justin Hall, I, I mean, unless he's going to – I don't even know what his – his. it's the one thing is I don't think anyone has ever asked him kind of where he sees himself. But, I mean, he's not going to get many opportunities to go and test free agency to see what he can get out there, right? So, As in, like, he won't be a UFA? Or you don't think there's going to be suitors wanting him? Well, I mean, how many teams are going to be pounding on Justin Hall's door? I think there will be a considerable amount. Yeah, right. So, th- but it might like if like if he doesn't do it now, like let's say he resigns with the Leafs, like that's how many. Oh, more- yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're just talking about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're on the same page. Yeah. But I think there there will be teams that look at Justin Hall. There's gonna be interest, and they'll sign him to probably some stupid contract. I mean, Good Branson got four years, four million this year in Columbus. Like we're gonna see Good Branson tonight, and you're gonna see what a four million dollar defenseman looks like, or a four million dollar mistake rather but it's a mistake that gets made all the time. And you know that big right shot defenseman, and Hall's not considered, you know, like a a big hulking presence, but, you know, a defensive right shot defenseman typically go for in the range of three to four million. I mean, Labushkin got just, you know, a a hair under three million this past offseason. 
I think Justin Hall could probably get something similar. Yeah. No, I, I don't think he's going to be in Toronto. No, it is not going to be in Toronto. And if Toronto does it, it would be you, you just kind of question where the like yeah, you're putting your assets potentially. So do you flip them at the deadline? I I just I don't like Dubas doesn't seem like a guy that wants to make those massive shakeups unless you're getting a significant improvement on the roster, right? Could Justin Hall be moved? Possible. I'm. I mean, we've been saying that for so long, and it just never happened. So, uh, just settle with the fact that yeah, he's sticking around. Just because yeah. that's how I kind of see it playing out. Yeah. All right. Um, what are you expecting out of tonight, buddy? First game back for the Leafs. A little sloppy. Yeah, I'm. I'm expect like uh, guys. Just give us some patience in the first few, like in the first period. It's gonna be a little sloppy. Um, I think Columbus is probably, I mean, they're at home. They're waiting for this game. I know the Leafs are waiting for this game too, but I, I, I think it's going to be a bit of a sloppy game to start. So I, I think there's going to be, so, you're going to be expecting if what, I don't know what the over is in this game. You might want to consider betting that over. I don't know. I know you, I, well, hold on. I know Mike has that FanDuel Sportsbook app just queued up almost every day. 10 15 minutes of your day how often are you checking that thing no i mean i I can go at least 25 without going on it come on man i I maybe 30 i can stretch it to 30 it's not that difficult um six and a half is uh is the over under on uh would you take the over at six and a half well six and a half is even juice to minus 120 like this might end up getting to seven if if uh, maybe not, but like at minus one twenty, it's sitting at six and a half. Uh, I mean, it's it's actually possible that this could get up to seven goals at some point, and uh, so yeah, I would I would take the over there. Especially, well, and it's going to change as soon as we know exactly who's starting in this game, probably potentially. Uh, does it? Like, does it mean more if jo- if Joe Wall is in this game than Ilya Samsonov? To me, I don't think so. Just because, well, have you seen Samsonov's numbers on the road? <laughs> this, this is true. This is they true. also haven't been great. I also like Merzlikens has like a four goals against average and like an 870 save percentage. He's been brutal. He's like five and 14 on the year. He's been brutal. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be him or Corpusalo in in game one. Either way, you'll see both of them in 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 this back to back. But uh, that's why well, I think it could go over, just because. Yeah, the um, dude, Toronto could score seven goals themselves. This could be a seven three hockey game. Exactly. Like this should be the Leafs should be able to score at minimum. What I don't know what their team total is in terms three of and goals. Half. three and a half. Like I think three and a half is. Like that's a silly number. They should be able to get that. I agree. So there's another little bet that you can make on FanDuel. Three and a half, take the away team total goals at three and a half. Uh, that that's a, a fun little prop that you can keep track while uh, while watching tonight's game. Um, all right, Dave. Actually, really quickly, that a big trade actually go down today. I want your give me sixty seconds. Your thoughts, Tarasenko, um, and. Mikula traded to the New York Rangers for a first, a fourth, Sammy Blaze and prospect 
Hunter Skinner, Tarasenko. Uh, I believe I saw 50% salary mm-hmm. retention as well. Um, my thoughts on it first, I suppose, is the New York Rangers got themselves uh, a heck of a deal here, getting Tarasenko at 50%, plus Nimikula, who adds to that legitimate Andre the Giants level of uh, of blue line that they got chilling up there on, on in New York. Um, he kind of adds to it. It's a big body. He was one of those depth defensemen that I really pinpointed as a potential target for the Maple Leafs if they were looking to get something a little bit different um, as a left shot, big defensive guy. Uh, and then you get Tarasenko, who you reunite him with his fellow countrymen and, and Artemi Panarin. I think there's a, a chance that, that that could really reinvigorate this guy who's having a bit of a down year, just 10 goals, but at 37, I think he did a year ago. Um, kind of bouncing back after a couple of down seasons with some injuries. So I think this is a pretty good pickup, and that's a scary Rangers squad after this trade. Yeah. um, Yeah, my immediate thoughts was, okay, so they clearly just didn't want to pony up whatever the cost was going to be for like a Timo Meyer or Patrick. I mean, Patrick Kane's injury currently is something that I think a lot of teams are a little worried about. Yeah. And for good reason. So, I don't know if you heard Darren Dreger talking about it today on, on Insider Trading, a little bit on Overdrive 2. Almost sounds as if, like, it, he possibly could get shut down for the rest of the year. Like, it's yeah. possible. It's not being reported or anything like that, but it's not out of the cards, it sounds like. It's the best way for him to not have to make that decision about the no-trade clause. So uh, that's that was one thing I did think about. So... Um, yeah, I thought a great pickup for the Rangers because again, they did it three weeks early. They're not, you know, I'm sure a lot of the trade deadline shows are cursing about that, but I think if the fit makes sense, I think they could use some goal scoring help. They get that depth on the blue and really what did they give up? Because that first round pick they got from Dallas, because it could be the Dallas pick that goes to them. Was yeah. The other picks. They're like it's the Rangers have so many prospects and stuff. Yeah. They don't need the picks, so it, it it was a deal that made sense for for the Rangers. They need and look that that Metro Division, it's a tight race, so they they need to make sure that they're putting themselves in the best position to ensure that they're staying within the division. It doesn't have to go into the wall card and potentially drop to the second wall card, have to face Boston in the first round. Ooh, and that will not be fun for whoever whoever has to do that. Um, really quickly, I just want to tell you a, a fun little statistic about our good friend Sammy Blay. Uh, if you guys forget, he was traded along with a second-round pick to the New York Rangers in exchange for Pavel Bushnevich two years ago. Since then, Bushnevich has gone on to be a point-per-game player um, and has scored a whole bunch of goals he was like 38 goals or something like that last year. Like mm-hmm. legitimate has been a, a stud top line player for the St. Louis blues. Uh, would you like to know how many goals that Sammy Blay has scored since that trade? Oh, I'm well aware, but I think the good friends here should, uh, should hear about it. Okay. Tell me how many goals he scored. Uh, <laughs> you're putting me on the spot now to remember. You said, uh, you know, <laughs> I know I, he has no goals. Yes. They did write about the trade today, so I know he had zero goals and five assists. Zero goals through 40 games this year. Zero goals through 14 games last year. 
So uh, remember, he um, he had a season-ending injury last year, and uh, obviously hasn't been able to to pick it up this season. He has ever played more than forty games in a season. Yeah, I yeah. just pulled up the stats right now. He's never played more than forty games. Um, Did score right- four goals in the American League, though. He he had a five-game stint in the American League. Did score four goals down there. So. I can't short. We shouldn't shortchange him, but I think the Rangers just. I think Bujnevich was in a contract dispute at the time. I think. Yeah. Not yeah, mistaken, yeah. and that's why they made the deal. But sure, that's one they would like to have back. Oh my God! I wish the Maple Leafs made a smart deal like that at the time. Do you imagine if they would have been able to pick up a Pavel Bujnevich at that price? Oh, yeah, they yeah. They really need to up front find that like buy low guy that's just gonna haunt the other team like. They haven't really done that. They've done that in free agency. Like I think Michael Bunting yeah. is a really good example of, of like, a guy who they've gotten a lot of value out of. True. And they kind of fleeced out of every. Like I'm pretty sure there was there was a couple teams out there that offered Bunting more money this summer or last summer, but he wanted to come play for Toronto, and he signed a two year deal to stay in Toronto too at uh, nine nine seventy five or nine fifty thousand or something like that. So you know that's one guy who you could say. Maybe Connor Timmins turns into that, right? Potentially Connor Timmins, it looks early on that that's that is a fleecing. Whether he can be, you know, to the extent of a Pavel Bushnevich for Sammy Blay, I don't know. But so far, I mean, Connor Timmins in exchange for uh what was his name again? Curtis uh no, Douglas. Curtis Douglas, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. In exchange, I was thinking Sanford, I'm like, no, it's the goalie coach yeah. for Curtis Douglas. So far, so good. And now they've got him extended for two more years at a pretty reasonable cap hit. Probably going to become a regular over the next couple of seasons. If he could stay healthy, maybe he could be that uh, that steal. Because at one point, people looked at him and said, that's a top four defenseman right there. That is a top four guy. Maybe he can turn into that uh, at some point. Samsonov? Is Samsonov turning into that? Yeah, well... In a way, yes, but he wasn't a trade. Uh, an RFA. He was a free agent, I suppose. So he's similar to Bunting, not a trade fleecing. Yeah. I'm thinking right. like of like you know Eric Kala for Pavel Zaka. Like one is clearly doing better than the other, and has fit a little bit better than the other. Oh, oh, you mean like um, Nazem Kadri for Tyson Berry? Am I am I catching on? Am I am I am I catching on, Dave? Yeah, yeah, Mike, you you're doing a solid job right there. <laughs> yeah, and with that, let's put an end to the show, buddy. That'll do it for us here today on the podcast. Like, thank you, you all, so much for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These podcasts on all podcasts and platforms, including on YouTube, where you can subscribe to us as well and receive daily leaves content Monday through Friday. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. The show as well at Locked On Leafs. Uh, we'll be back with another episode for you guys on Monday. Enjoy your weekends. Finally, games are back. We got a nice back-to-back against Columbus. We will break down those games for y'all on Monday. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.